Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio, aimed at helping you live an enjoyable, fit, and healthy life in and around our community of Knoxville, Tennessee. And now, here is your host, Dr. John Mark Chesney. Hey guys, I'm uh, super excited about uh, our episode today. Uh, today, it's going to be a little different format of what we typically do. So on the show, I have joining me uh, Dr. Nathan Chesney, uh, my brother. He was uh, the guest on our show, I believe it was episode number either three or four, where we were talking about dental questions and uh, how to have a good smile. So uh, the topic of um, today, we're going to be talking about um, a TMJ disorder and um Ultimately, Dr. Nathan Chesney, my brother, myself being a physical therapist, um, we we both are involved with this joint and we come from different trainings with him being a dentist and myself being a physical therapist. And so, uh, so yeah, we want to talk about just the nuances of, um, of this joint, of um, the syndrome of um, TMJ pain. Uh, and we may have some varying uh, levels of opinions um, or um, differences in thoughts and things that we do agree on, uh, but we want it to be just a resource for the community who um, people suffering from TMJ pain uh, so that um, you can have some guidance and understand, hopefully have some clarity on what to do on next, who to seek, and ultimately have some resources that you can go to to help find some answers uh, for um, this condition. So a little bit more about Nathan. So Nathan is uh, a practicing uh, dentist here in Knoxville. So um, at Chester need dentistry. Uh, they have two locations um, in West Knoxville and Farragut uh, where um, Nathan uh, serves um, currently one day a week and he's the primary dentist um, at their location in uh, Fountain City. So Nathan, uh, welcome to the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I know we've talked a little bit about TMJ and uh, collaborated on some cases, so excited about talking more about um, the condition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that we can help other people. But yeah, and I know when we talked earlier about you know just recording the podcast and TMJ, and I was asking you about you know some of like even in dental school, like what is presented in dental school about the joint, and um, so I'm interested in that, and and oftentimes you know the joint itself. Like if somebody has an issue with TMJ, you know, the the first question that I find is like, who, like, who should they see? There's so many, like, it's this kind of this nuance of a joint that doesn't really fall into somebody's, uh, a professional's lap per se, right? You have, I mean, you have your dentist, you have, um, you know, primary care physician, um, you have physical therapist, a chiropractor, ENT. And so you have all these different like professions that um, can help and assist assist with this disorder, but it it creates further complexity around it as well when there's not really a clear consensus, um, you know, for the general public of who do you see? You know, if you have teeth issues, you go see a dentist, right? Um, You know, hopefully if you have back issues, you come see a PT, Uh, but, you know, the jaws kind of just falls like in this in between. So, um, yeah, we'd be interested in hearing a little bit more about what's like presented even in dental school. Well, 
They present quite a bit of information about it. There's a lot of theories of why you get pain, and they just go over the complexity of the joint. I think it's a ganglioarthroidal joint is what it's it's properly labeled as. It uh, hinges, slides, and glides, so it does so many different movements. And then it has a disc in the middle of all that, which can get damaged. And so, yeah, there's so many different ways you can go about treating it or so many things that can go wrong with the joint. And different ways to treat it. And so it's just a, it's a very uh, complex joint to treat. And so I think if I knew another student that told me, or it was a professor that said, it's like the voodoo of the voodoo of dentistry. <laughs> and so just a lot of people have differing opinions about how to treat it or, or what to do with it. Even in the field of dentistry, I take it there's um, people can go into a specialty. Like, is there a specialty designation for like um, a dentist who works specifically with TMJ? You could probably go to uh, uh, continuing education uh, for TMJ disorders, but usually the oral surgeons are the ones that get the bulk of that. And they're the ones that really, really treat it if they have to do surgeries. Sometimes they take out the joint and um, it almost builds the joint back by itself by not being just with scar tissue. Um, They do if it gets to that point. Right. Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully not. And they're the ones, yeah, they're the ones that, that get the bulk of the training. You know, we talked about, you know, discussing even the causes of TMJ. And, you know, you mentioned the disc and just the the complexity of, um, what did you call the joint? The ganglioarthroidal. <laughs> yeah, that term. And um, just how it is a unique like joint in itself. And it's a joint that is um, used every day. Just understanding from, from like your perspective, certain other things that can cause, you know, TMJ. I see certain things in particular in my profession that you know, I look out for because that's what I, can treat for it when it's caused in certain in certain ways, but um, are there certain characteristics that you've seen that contribute to TMJ pain? This arthritis is is where the the joint can break down. Sure, and so I'll I'll see that, and a lot of the other times I don't know why it's doing what it does. Right? Do you have a way of um, determining if arthritis? Is that um, impacting the joint? I I don't myself. I guess diagnose it if it's the arthritis that's doing it. People come to me and I can tell them, yes, there's a problem with your joint and then you need to go see someone. Right. And I mean, the common symptoms that, you know, that I see, uh, you know, even talking about what causes it and we can talk about like the symptoms, you know, people have typically what you'll, you'll see, uh, people like come into your office complaining of, Uh, yeah, they'll have a clicking and popping. Um, sometimes I'll feel their, um, their joints dislocate. And so I've yet to have a patient that's had a locked jaw that I've had to set in place. But yeah, there's a way of, of putting that back into place. They'll come in with, um, we're just worried that, they're, that their joints uh, clicking and sometimes I'll feel it and sometimes it's really bad, but they're not having pain. And so I encourage them not to pursue treatment at that time unless they really want to. Uh, it's not painful. You know, that's what I find too with, you know, other joints that pop, you know, your, your knee pops, your ankle pops, your neck, you know, maybe pops. And ultimately how I view like popping is it's better for it not to pop. <laughs> We'd rather it not pop, but we don't need to set off like the alarms if something starts, you know, popping, but it could be, it could be a precursor to like it becoming symptomatic as far as like pain. Typically, is that what you'll find too, that it starts popping first? I guess so. 
Yeah, sure. And that's, I mean, that's what I'll see too. And so it's, it's not that it's at a point, you know, some people can, you know, live with a job that just pops. Yeah. Some people have it just popping for a Right. And, and it, um, it doesn't, you know, progress to like a, a serious condition, you know, with pain. But again, like the, the, the pop is, uh, something that's abnormal, right? It's not, um, ideal. And so it's, um, it's a sign, you know, that there's abnormal pressure movements, uh, happening there at the joint. You talked about the disc, right? Um, as part of the joint. And ultimately the popping is um, when the the mandible, uh, the head of the, the mandibles, um, how it's positioned over the, the disc creates a pop. And when the jaw typically opens, uh, the disc will slip and it'll create that, that popping sensation. And usually when the jaw closes again, it, it relocates um, that disc itself, creating ultimately uh, that that sound. So yeah, it's a common symptom is uh, we talked about popping of the jaw, um, also just pain around the jaw. And, you know, a few things we get, we get a lot of referrals uh, for TMJ uh, that people um, may go down the route of seeing an ENT. Um, and oftentimes it's interesting what people will have is they'll complain of ear pain. And, and so then they think like they have fluid in their ear or something's wrong with their ear. They'll go see the ENT, right? Who can check out their ear and um, they'll have their ear checked out and the ENT will tell them like, hey, there's nothing wrong with your ear. Like it passes, there's no fluid. Um, and um, they'll, you know, look at around the jaw and, you know, see, you know, hear clicking or diagnose some sort of clicking or tension around the muscles at that point they'll tell them that they have um, TMJ a TMJ disorder and, and oftentimes people are a little bit shocked because their complaint they, they they feel it in the ear and that's some of the the nuances or the the voodoo piece of like TMJ a lot of people don't even realize that they may have you know TMJ because of um, all that's located around that area the jaw the ear the, the neck involved with that but um yeah some people will come in with they'll think it's tooth pain but it ends up eventually when I get over and I start checking their teeth and stuff and there's nothing really wrong with their teeth and then they'll uh We'll, we'll come to a conclusion that we think it's coming from the jaw more. So, yeah, sometimes it's a diagnosis of exclusion, right? Like it's, um, we checked out the ear, it's not the ear, checked out the tooth, it's not the tooth, you know, what else is in this area? Hey, you're, you're having some clicking, you know, we can palpate the area around the jaw um, and, um, you know, there's tension um, in the muscles uh, and can conclude that um, they likely have TMJ. So I don't know if you've had patients come in with limitations in how their mouth opens, like actually like how fully they can open their mouth is that you obviously have to get inside their mouth to work on, <laughs> on their teeth. <laughs> yeah. The people do come in with different, different limitations. Um, but when, when they've gotten to that point, usually it's, they just have limited opening or not. I don't think it's as much as much related to the joint. When uh, certain types of TMJ symptoms, like when the when they, somebody opens their mouth, like the jaw will deviate. Like you'll see the jaw actually um, do like a C curve. Sometimes it can do more of an S curve. Usually it's more of like a C curve. It'll it'll deviate to one side, and um, it's um, it's a sign when the jaw deviates. Let's say to the left, that there's more tension on the left, there's less movement um, there at the TMJ. And so the jaw will, will go towards um, the tighter side. But there's other symptoms that I look for as well that are very common with um, TMJ pain. And usually a question I'll ask next 
um, if they have suspected TMJ is, um, do you have neck pain? And more often than not, um, people also have a history of um, neck pain. And the other question I'll ask is, uh, do you suffer from um, headaches, like some sort of frequency of headaches? And uh, it's more often than not that there's um, that's a positive. You know, they say yes as well. And again, it goes into the nuance of the joint is you know, there's a lot at play at the TMJ. And it's not just... Um, what's going on at that joint itself. But what we'll find is there, there's an association with the, the neck, the head position, a lot of the muscles uh, that go up towards um, uh, the head and the neck, they, you know, they, they, they brought, they stretch over multiple areas and um, the position that your head's in will influence the pressure and tension um, around the jaw. And many people gravitate, like the, the head starts gravitating more in a forward position, you know, to think about, just like your posture. If you have poor posture, you know, your shoulders are rounded and um, your head comes forward a bit. And um, ultimately what happens when your head comes forward, your jaw gets pulled back further into the temporal bone. Um, so TMJ is the, the temporal mandibular joint. But when your head comes forward, the jaw gets pulled back and it creates increased pressure there at the joint that can create um, more issues with how it how it moves. So we talked briefly, uh, Nathan, if, um, like if somebody's coming in and let's say they have mild symptoms such as like their jaw, um, like they just have some popping or clicking there at the joint. But if they're concerned about it, what, what typically route do you take with educating them or advising them in that regard? Well, I tell them that, um, yeah, the clicking and popping isn't, isn't bad per se, but it's, it's when it's painful that it's bad. Um, some people come in and it hasn't been hurting that, uh, hurting very long. And so I usually just tell them a few exercises to do just, to, um, uh, exercise the joint, uh, put some heat on the joint as they exercise it, take some, uh, NSAIDs, uh, ibuprofen, cause there might be, uh, some inflammation going on in the joint to try that first before leaping to, um, other things that could be irreversible. And so that's, that's what I do for the more mild symptoms. Oftentimes, if it is, you know, something that's what we find, if it's just been going on, uh, for a short amount of time, you know, just been going on for a few days or maybe a week or two, when you catch it early, then the solution can typically be, um, a lot more simple, like such as, um, like, like Nathan said, and with, um, using a, a warm compress and, you know, just doing some movement, some self-massage um, around the joint, around the muscles, taking some, you know, some ibuprofen can, you know, just to calm down the area. And if it's, if it's something simple, then oftentimes it can, you know, resolve itself, you know, ultimately like any other pain is, you know, a back pain or shoulder pain. Like if you catch it early and, um, you, you know, you, you provide some sort of modification of activities, oftentimes it'll work its way out. Are there certain things that you'll advise as far as eating? We'll tell them not to chew gum for a while to just give their joint a rest. And that's, that's the major thing. Yeah. Soft, softer foods. And, uh, and that would be the equivalent of like, um, don't go lift heavy, heavy things if you have back pain, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't go chew repetitive, um, repetitively on a tough steak. Like that's kind of like lifting a hundred pounds um, for your back is like, if you have a jaw issue chewing, you know, a tough steak, 
um, is uh, equivalent for uh, the TMJ. So yeah, so those are you know real simple things that if you're listening to the podcast and and um, and you know even if your symptoms are um, are are worse in severity, it can be a good place to start. To even may not cure your symptoms, but um, it can likely help at least start to give you some relief. You know, modification of what you're eating, uh, avoiding chewing gum, watch hard candy. Um, you know, anything that um, even how like you know a thick can- hamburger having open your mouth real wide and having a short period on a softer diet um, uh, where, yeah, you just don't have to work the the jaw as much. When when things are getting, uh, let's say somebody has uh, symptoms that are more severe, what do you do next? Um, What do you recommend? Or if let's say that they just don't respond to the simple, the more simple suggestions. I'll do my examinations again where I, 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 like palpate the joints and I'll, uh, I'll feel the joints as they open and close, um, and feel that popping or clicking. Um, and then know that something more serious is going on and they're having that pain. And then usually I refer them to a, um, to an oral surgeon. We have one here in town who, uh, he's, uh, he's really good with the joint. He starts out, starts off very non-invasive. Um, he doesn't like to get invasive at all. And so, um, he starts out the least invasive that he can do. And, um, if he has to work his way up that chain, he does, but, um, he has a real good treatment philosophy with that. Ultimately, uh, you know, surgery should be like the last resort. You would agree with that? Yeah. Usually the, um, people will come back and, um, if it's real bad and the, they'll be like, uh, well, the, uh, the surgeon told me there's a 50% chance that it could get better or 50% chance it could be worse. <laughs> and so with surgery, yeah, with surgery. Yeah. So what we want to do is um, we've, uh, we have related our top 10 questions that we're going through. We've, uh, we've answered, we've kind of gone back and forth and answered about the first five. And uh, I'd like to take a quick uh, break and hear a word from our sponsor. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about more severe cases. Like if your jaw, if you're not improving to a simplistic approach, what are the next steps that you can do, uh, what you can do to hopefully avoid surgery uh, and um, to find a full resolution of your um, TMJ pain. Stay Healthy Knoxville is sponsored by Simply Physio, a physio clinic that equips and empowers you to live your life to the fullest so that you can enjoy the things you love to do and be the person you are made to be. Simply Physio specializes in helping people get back to a healthy and active lifestyle, living free from pain and medication and avoiding unnecessary surgery. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a special gift from Simply Physio and enjoy listening to the rest of the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Stay Healthy Knoxville. We're um, deep into our conversation about um, TMJ pain here with Dr. Nathan Chesney and uh, myself going back and forth a bit on um, how we look at the joint and um, how we can potentially help you uh, find some solution, find some answers um, to um, this condition. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, night guards and splints, uh, Nathan, and um, tell us um, at what point uh, 
would you recommend or um, what factors are you considering when you would recommend uh, some sort of night guard? Well, I'll have patients come in and a lot of times I can just notice from their teeth uh, certain wear patterns. They'll have, it's called facets in their teeth, little holes in their molars and their anterior teeth will be kind of ground off lower. You probably notice, you've probably seen people like this where their their teeth are just a lot smaller um, just from from grinding at night, some people don't even have symptoms when they um, when they have those those things going on, and so it's just more for protecting their teeth. And some people come in with really bad pain. I did have one person come in that was having real bad pain at night. It was just really exacerbated, and she would wake up at night, and um, we were having a hard time talking with her because she was deaf actually, and her mom was trying to translate. We kept running all these tests. We couldn't find anything. And eventually we um, landed on uh, doing a night guard and which helped a whole lot. So the questions I'll ask if a night guard's going to work for them, I'll, I'll ask them if they wake up with their, uh, their muscles are sore mm-hmm. um, or if they wake up in the middle of the night with, with jaw pain or, uh, or if their teeth are sore. And those are, those are probably the big questions that I, I screen for. Sure. And then I'll couple that with with how their teeth look to see if um, they would benefit from a long-term custom fit night guard that will take an impression for, or maybe if it's just a, a period of stress they're going through and I'll tell them, tell them just to try over the counter night guard. Cause a lot of people don't want to invest in the, um, the custom fit night guard I've found. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some of the same questions that I, you know, look forward to is, um, you know, how are they, um, over the course of the night, right. Or first thing in the morning. And, you know, if they're waking up with a lot of just tension and, um, uh, you know, just around the face and the jaw, uh, you know, that's a strong sign that I would consider they're likely clenching at night. And yeah, like you said too, is sometimes people can go through like a period of maybe a stressful situation. And, um, I remember when I was starting my practice, um, about three years ago that, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and just, you know, stepping into a new frontier. And I remember I, um, would wake up and, um, in the morning and just like the same thing I'd recognize, like, um, just having like tension kind of through my jaw and, um, it never happened before. And I do have a, ma- a mouth guard. I don't have any, um, TMJ pain, but, it, um, just, um, I've had some, I guess, patterns of, um, of some uh, receding gum line that can come from clenching, right? Your um, your teeth, and so um, so got a, a custom mouth guard which I need to wear. <laughs> <laughs> I got in the habit of wearing it, and then it got out of a habit. Um, I guess it doesn't do much good, does it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not wearing it, just like um, prescribing exercises don't do much good if you don't actually do them. But uh, probably the worst case of wearing down of the teeth, um, and I don't know if you would agree with this, Nate. Nathan was um, a fellow by the name of Dudo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about him. He was my dog. That's right. <laughs> he chewed on rocks. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, and how how was Dudo's teeth? <laughs> they were not really there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dog we had growing up. Um, we got from, uh, as an adult, he was, I guess, from the pound and he had this. Did a rescue, I think. Rescue, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in a habit of chewing rocks. So <laughs> if, um, so if you're listening to the podcast and, uh, you have a habit of chewing rocks <laughs> like Dudo, um, that would be the first step is, um, <laughs> don't put rocks in your mouth. Um, we couldn't convince Dudo. <laughs> um, that was an easy one. He wouldn't, um, he wouldn't wear his night guard either. No, he wouldn't. He was very <laughs> compliant. Uh, but anyways, back to night guards. <laughs> um, 
So um, tell us about the um, different options and even in that regard. Yeah, there's a lot of different options for for uh, night guards too. And dentists get very, um, they'll get very defensive over occlusion patterns people should have. And um, like occlusion patterns meaning? Just how people should bite. Okay. And then uh, so, even night guards is another one. So there's varying op- opinions on how you should bite? In, yeah, in the dental. I guess yeah, or how you should set up someone's bite. Okay, interesting. And it, and I guess that goes hand in hand with um with night guards and how you should be able to uh, function with your night guard at night to keep you going from out of excursive movements, or if it shouldn't keep you from going out of ex- excursive movements where your jaw is sliding, I guess more or less. And then there's uh some people that prescribe something called an NTI that just fits over your front teeth. Um, and basically it keeps your, it keeps all your teeth from, from biting and especially keeps, oh, well, it keeps your back teeth from biting and it keeps you from activating, uh, certain muscles that, that can cause those really, um, those tense moments. But there's a controversy with that because they say if you are just putting a night guard on your front teeth and in the middle of the night, teeth like to touch. And so then your back teeth are going to start growing over time. Say it again, they, they start growing over time? They'll st- or not growing, they'll um, erupting. Okay. And so... <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> they get bigger. <laughs> but uh, they'll, yeah, teeth like to touch. And so if, if, if someone loses a tooth, it'll... It'll try to fill in by teeth, uh, a tooth from above will try to come down and the teeth on each side of it will try to try to touch. So teeth just like to touch. And so at night, if you're not wearing that, the teeth will be possibly are erupting. But uh, I think proponents of NTI say that um, during the day, you're not wearing it enough for that to happen because then during the day, you'll mash them back into place. <laughs> More or less. And so, um, we used to do NTIs, but now we're doing um, just full night guards because we just feel that's a better way to go. There are some cases where we'll do an NTI if someone just can't keep a full night guard in their in their mouth if they think it's too much. You know, the other thing that that we considered too in, you know, treatment is somebody, let's say somebody has a night guard um, and they're, they're clenching at night is, you know, the question that, you know, I always like to ask is that next kind of level question is like, what's going on? Like, why are you clenching at night? And like, is that just a habitual thing that you've always done? Um, or like, you know, I mentioned my example of like, like, you know, when I started the business and just having more stress, um, like, is there a lot of stress and anxiety or maybe depression or just um, something in that regards, um, some psychological, um, like mental wearing that is influencing tension overall at night? So, yeah, it is. It does come with more. I do ask them if they do have stress going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more prevalent in women mm-hmm. to um, to. To, to have that clenching and TMJ disorders going on. And so it, it does have certain patterns. So what we like to help people with, you know, like above and beyond of, you know, night guard is also like, how can we find ways to relieve stress? anxiety and tension. One of the best ways is exercise. And, um, and, uh, there's other ways too. you know, just, um, being good company, enjoying, you know, pleasure of, you know, a good friend. just even, and when I say exercise, it could be something as simple as getting out and just going for a walk, like getting some fresh air. Um, you know, there's, there's other ways of doing some, uh, like some mindfulness or meditation, you know, some prayer, you know, reflection, even just like what's going on, um, preceding like your nighttime routine, right? Like, are you watching the news 
which is filled with a lot of stress and anxiety. And, you know, we're recording this um, during the middle of, you know, just had an election. COVID's, you know, still rampant. But even if these things aren't going on, it's still like the news is, you know, is, is usually reporting on, you know, things that's going to, you know, um, provoke people's emotions of, you know, the bad things that are happening um, and problems that are arising, which um, is going to have an effect on you and lead, like if that's happening, I would encourage you to just think about, you know, maybe it's on Facebook too. Uh, you know, if you got some friends on Facebook that are just, you know, Debbie Downers or just, you know, um, you know, just, you know, posting, like it might be something like if you want to be on Facebook there before, you know, in the evening, you know, before you go you know, to bed is, you know, are the people that you need to block um, that's leading into just this level of anxiety or tension, you know, before you go to bed. But those are some, some things to consider, um, you know, especially if you have, you know, pain, if the clenching is a factor, there's, you know, some people, if you, know, you drink, have a, um, a little glass of wine, you know, can relax you a little bit. Uh, there's other exercises that you can go through as far as, you know, there's mindfulness apps that are out there. There's um, tons of them. Um, it can be as short as four or five minutes um, going through some contract relax exercises um, just to try to really just clear out the mind, um, find a more restful, peaceful state. You know, even thinking about, you know, the bedroom, how can you, um, how do you protect your bedroom, you know, from, from clutter, from kind of stress? Like what can you do? You know, there's things that you can do in, in that regard as far as how you design that can just lead to more uh, peaceful environment if that's something that influences your pain. If, if you're um, dealing with more uh, a more complicated issue of TMJ and, and grant and likely if you're listening to the podcast is because because you are right. You've, you know, you're interested in the topic because Simple Solutions has um, haven't resolved it yet. And um, and so what you know, we find as well is that there's this conglomeration of symptoms, maybe stress, anxiety, um, neck pain, headaches, um, maybe other areas of pain too, back pain. But oftentimes neck pain, headaches and TMJ go together. And so what we find, if that's, if that's the case, what, what I'd encourage people, you know, for is to really resolve um, TMJ pain with our treatment approach. We don't, we don't start at the jaw because usually the jaw, um, usually it's the, it's the last thing that'll, that'll go, if you will. Like people have this history of neck pain and headaches and then TMJ develops next um, because it's just like, um, it's the progression almost of the, the the area of the body. You know, if we consider the head, the neck, the upper body, like it's just a progression of the, the syndrome. It, it feeds into TMJ. And so if you start with um, the end, um, as far as the jaw, you're really missing the whole point um, of what really transpired, what got you into this position in the first place. And for most people, starting with the neck, working on the neck, figuring out why there's um, there's neck pain, and um, which can lead you from from there, can lead you to the the mid back, which can lead you to the back or the shoulders. Like um, every case is unique and different, and um, depending on how you move or what injuries you've had. In, um, in your past, how um, you know? Are you in a sedentary job? Are you you know sitting at a desk at a computer? Are you doing more of a laborious job? Um, are you do you, or do you have to do more lifting? Do you have uh, 
you know, a, a child, a young child, an infant? Are you a mother that has to carry, you know, that's, that's you know, nursing and having to carry, uh, hold, you know, nursing infants? You know, there's so many different scenarios that um, changes how um, there's tension in the body. And ultimately, that will create abnormalities of how you move and asymmetries in how you move. And eventually, the body starts to compensate with um, the the differences in pressure and tension. And oftentimes, the jaw or TMJ is um, just kind of the tip of the iceberg, if you will. And what you have to really do is dig deeper um, to resolve um, at least, at the very least, um, the neck. But oftentimes, more than that, we have to really look at the uh, the mid back, the shoulders. And if you don't, if you just start with the jaw, what I find is people will probably get some relief, but it um, either won't be a full, complete relief, or within a matter of um, days or a few weeks, like the symptoms will come back because the root of the issue hasn't been solved, uh, which is likely just another area of the body um, that needs to be in a better position. So the jaw can move. That's a little bit of just a snapshot of how we look at the body. And ultimately, you know, oftentimes you need assistance, like if it's a more complicated case, you know, um, um, of as far as working with a few professionals, you know, for the TMJ, you know, like, um, you know, somebody like um, Dr. Nathan, you know, if, if you need a night guard, right, that can be an, an easy solution. You need to look, or also work with a physical therapist to really put the pieces, other pieces of it together. Um, you know, do you need a consultation? Do we need to make sure that there's nothing going on with your ear? A psychologist, potentially, if there's like a high degree of um, stress that you need to, you know, work through. So um, oftentimes it's, you know, one, two, or sometimes three of these professionals that can assist um, you in um, the areas that you may need some need some help. We mentioned earlier about like um, with somebody with more minor uh, symptoms to like using some ibuprofen, right? So one question that uh, will be asked is, you know, will pain medication cure my issue? I guess when you take it, it will uh, for a short time while it's working, <laughs> but it's not a, it's, it's nothing you want to be taking uh, to try to cure your back pain. It'll TMJ mitigate pain. the what team J pain, TMJ pain. <laughs> or or back pain? We can bring you back on if you have uh, on the back pain one. If you got some or back pain, <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's just not good to be taking that that pain medicine and get dependent on it. If you're trying to alleviate your pain, because then you're gonna open up the box for uh, just worse issues. You know, for a short period of time. You know, if um, if you need some relief, you know, hopefully just over counter you know medication. Um, can, can give that to you. But ultimately, you know, um, like, you know, Dr. Nathan was saying, once, um, once the medication's worn off, if it comes back and you need to continue to take it and take it and take it, then really you're, um, you're just, it's just a bandaid. Um, it's not, um, it's not solving the issue. It's not curing the root cause. If it were, um, then you could take it for a period of time and then stop taking it and, um, it would stop, you know, wouldn't be there anymore. And occasionally minor cases and maybe like that, that, you know, the body can work its way out and, um, like we said before, you know, take a little rest, um, use some more compress, a little bit of massage, take some ibuprofen and um, if it works if it works its way out then you know you can be grateful that um, your body's kind of found a way to work out the kinks but 
if that hasn't happened, then I would just encourage you that continued use of, um, of pain medication, ibuprofen, um, is likely just going to make the matters worse because you're just kind of kicking the can further down the road. And eventually, um, something else is going to give until, um, yeah, until just the pain's more intense or you have got to take it more frequently, the med- medication, um, or the medication even, you know, stops, um, stops helping you, um, even when you're under the, uh, the influence of it. Uh, a few other things just to leave you with. One is, you know, we've talked about the nuance of, uh, of TMJ and how it is um, just um, ultimately a complicated joint. And a lot of people suffer um, for a long time, some oftentimes unnecessarily just because they haven't found the right person um, to help them with. And, um, you know, one thing I like to just advise you with, um, you know, if you're listening um, to this here around Knoxville, um, obviously um, we have a clinic here at Simply Physio that, you know, we specialize in the joint. If you're not uh, around Knoxville, you know, one thing I'd, I'd recommend, and, and I've just seen it just over the course of my career, is um, seek out um, a professional that specializes in um, working with the jaw, whether that be a physical therapist um, or like um, Dr. Nathan here, like, he he tell you that he really doesn't specialize in TMJ. Like he can help you when they're um, when it's um, more of a simple case, or help you know get you fitted with a night guard and um, and help in that regard, help to diagnose and to point you in the right direction. Uh, but there's specialists um, as far as surgeons. Um, oral surgeons that specialize in TMJ. Uh, but the same way with um, physical therapists, you know, if you're looking to avoid surgery and you don't want to go down that route, um, there's um, there's a lot of physical therapists out there, um, but not many specialize in TMJ. And um, so I would just ask um, if you're seeking out, seeking um, care from a physical therapist is one, don't just ask if they treat TMJ because everybody will say they do because everybody has had a basic level of education in PT school. And um, we've just uh, recently been um, been interviewing PTs for a position we've had um, open here at um, Simply Physio. And um, and the topic came up um, as we've been interviewing, you know, PTs of like, hey, is, you know, TMJ is something that we specialize in, you know, do you treat TMJ? And most PTs would say like, it, you know, hey, you know, I really haven't seen many cases of it. Occasionally I'll see a case, but whenever I do, like it's so far um, in, in between that I have to get out my books. I have to go back to my notes from college and, um, and just do a little bit of refresher because it's been so long since I've seen it. And so just be sure you're doing your due diligence and finding um, a therapist that doesn't just take on a case, but actually specializes in helping with TMJ because um, that can be a huge difference in you finding results. We do have here at uh, Simply Physio an ebook on solving um, TMJ where we um, I, I actually have recorded um, some exercises you can do with a link. Um, go over some top other recommendations some things that um, you can be on the lookout for. Um, so I really leave you with my my top eight uh, tips uh, that I regularly give uh, my paying customers that I'm free uh, freely offering um, to you guys. So go on uh, the website, um, simplypt.com. Uh, that's uh, simplypt as in physicaltherapy.com. And at the top, you'll see an icon for physical therapy and there'll be a Dropbox and you can click, you'll find um, TMJ and on 
that link, there'll be an option to request the tip report, the ebook uh, for my uh, top eight tips for solving TMJ. So be sure to uh, look out for that. And I'm happy to offer that to you. Just um, let me know if you um, would want that. So leaving here, uh, the end of our um, podcast, we've got a few um, questions here for um, Dr. Nathan. Dr. Nathan, uh, tell us, um, we always like to encourage people to explore Knoxville, wondering ways that you've explored recently. So you have a favorite uh, restaurant or a new restaurant that you've um, enjoyed eating at that you would recommend for others to try out? Yeah, I guess my my favorite restaurant around Knoxville is, um, I think it's, is it pronounced Cafe? Cafe. Kefi? One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Any of those, but it's downtown uh, Mediterranean. Um, it's really good. Yeah, and it's right next to um, uh, Barley's. Yeah, uh, down in the old um, old city. Uh, so I would second that uh, as well. Next question is: um, Tell us uh, something on your bucket list um, around Knoxville that you would love to do um, here to explore, to get out and um, enjoy that you haven't. Oh, I guess. Uh, it's, I guess, the greater Knoxville area, so it's yeah. severable. It'd be fun to go uh, um, skydiving would be one. I don't know if Sarah would let me do that. Um, <laughs> in Sevierville? In, I don't know, wherever they do that. Okay. <laughs> um, they do it around here. Um, if the sky is nice in Sevierville or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they have the... The, the Smoky Mountains. The tourism to, to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Or go down one of those balls down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> one of those inflatable things is on uh-huh. your bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a new one. I haven't had any uh, guests. Um, I guess you can probably do that in Sevierville. You uh-huh. can do There's a lot of mountains. Strange things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and while we're talking about Sevierville, um, something maybe less, um, I don't know, weird. Um, <laughs> uh, if, if you're not into um, putting yourself in an inflatable ball and rolling down a hill, um, is one of those mountain gliders. You know what I'm talking about? The, I think that's what they call them. Um, the, um, the roller roller gliders or... Uh, there's a bunch of the, I think I've seen that. that they've popped up that's um, around. Um, I, I may be off on the term. I think you, you can find out what I'm talking about. If you, I'm sure if you do the search, but um, I know they have them in Gatlinburg and uh, Sevierville, but um, it's uh, it's uh, like a little rail coaster. And, um, you're, it's, it's not, um, you, they take you to the very top of, um, of uh, the, the track and you get in this single cart. Sometimes I guess it could be a double cart and you go down the track on this, um, on this little rail and I think you have a break and yeah, that's something that is uh, I like a roller coaster. Kind kind of, but it's um it's not like you're you're not in a cart like with a bunch of other people. Um the a mountain alpine or have a, a mountain alpine coaster. Mountain alpine coasters you can find it. So yeah, something to to check out. It's uh I've seen them, them building them more and more around Gatlinburg and Sevierville here the past few years. Uh next thing, what's one of your favorite things to do around Knoxville outside a place to explore? I enjoy uh swimming this summer. It was fun. Um I went with a bunch of us. Uh, people from F3 and my dad and we went to Fort Dickerson and swam in the quarry there it's a real pretty quarry that a lot of people don't know about inside so yeah, definitely um, recommend going out and checking checking that quarry out you can find some interesting people there <laughs> but um, yeah just don't go at sketchy times I guess <laughs> don't go at dusk yeah probably. don't go at dusk <laughs> probably go there on the weekends more don't go there on the weekdays <laughs> <laughs> But it's cool when you go there. It's a really pretty place, so. Okay. 
Awesome. All right. And then last uh, question, uh, Dr. Nathan, what would you leave our um, our listeners with uh, the top tip for um, staying healthy, maybe in regards to um, TMJ? I would, I would try to go for the least invasive options for uh, treating that pain. Right. And a good option would be potentially seeing somebody like a, like a physical therapist. Exactly. Do you know any physical therapist, Dr. Nathan? Yeah. Um, right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had, to, I had to pull that out of you. <laughs> so much for the brotherly love. <laughs> Um, no, but um, but yeah, we here simply physio. We'd be um, happy to um, to talk with you more about our approach if that's something that um, would benefit you and um, that you're looking for. So um, so yeah, Nathan, thanks for, so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, stay healthy, Knoxville. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio. If your pain is preventing you from staying healthy and active and you'd like to avoid surgery, pain medicine, or just want to get back to doing the things you love in and around Knoxville, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the next best steps for resolving it. Find our ebooks online at simplypt.com health-tips. There you will find ebooks for topics such as neck and shoulder pain, lower back and hip pain, knee pain, and TMJ. These quick-to-read reports will provide you with expert tips, tricks, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit simplypt.com health-tips to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no-obligation phone consultations with a doctor of physical therapy to Knoxville area residents. Just call us at 865-351-351. 0615 or visit us at simplypt.com and click the talk to a PT button on the home page to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast.